0: The role of the salesperson is not to get too much into the operational side of things. Actually, the role of the salesperson is to sort of bury the operations team with a lot of work, and that happens when you have a lot of customized offers and so on and so forth. So if they have an understanding of it and understanding of the process is fine, but they shouldn't be focusing on solving things from an operational point of view.
1: This is RevOps Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in revenue operations. We invite the brightest minds in RevOps onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement. Hello, and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast today, we're joined by Gabriel Hobbs, who is the head of sales operations at Tacton. Gabriel, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, Tom, and uh, thank you for reaching out to having me on the show. Uh, great to be here.
1: Our pleasure entirely. Now, first, I want to understand because you have a background, a pretty extensive background in sales. And also before that, a little bit of time in marketing. So I want to first go to understand why we shifted, and I think this is correct, from marketing to sales, but then also why you went from sales into sales ops.
0: Uh, Not that's accurate. Uh, Started off in uh, marketing um, way back when. Uh, At one point I made, I was sort of reviewing where I wanted my my career to go, whether I wanted to go down the path of marketing or whether I wanted to go down the path of more sales. Um, And marketing was always an interest, but I I decided at at some point, I think it was in 2007 or something like that, or 2005, that I'm going to focus on sales and sort of try and develop my skills there. Um, And it was an element of, I like interaction with people. I like solving people's challenges and understood that sales was a combination of those two. If you could listen to what um, the what potential customer is looking for, what are their challenges. And then, as I say, when you're in sales, you usually have a, a bag of stuff that you're representing. Uh, and then having a look in my bag and seeing if any of the products or the services that I represent would solve this uh, customer's uh, challenges, and if yes, then present what I have and sort of have a dialogue with them. And if no, sort of say, "I'm sorry, I don't have anything uh, that that could uh, work for you." So let's leave it at that for now. But in the future, uh, you know, always leave some some doors open for uh, future business, essentially. So that's where. The jump from marketing to sales went. And then after quite a few years in in sales, um, I moved to Sweden, got involved into the tech industry here, uh, had not heard so much of SaaS. This was back in 2009 uh, and continued to work within within sales there, quite different than product sales uh, because you're not specifying specific products, but you're really listening to challenges and trying to paint up a, success story with the service that you represent Um, and um, having worked with sales developed sort of into a sales leader even in that function where I learned the importance of forecasting um, how to how to work with Salesforce for example I hadn't worked with Salesforce before that Um, I was approached by uh, my one of my managers at the time where we had an issue with uh, renewals Uh, so it was quite of a I wouldn't say mess, but it was difficult to get an overview of our customers and uh, of our renewal process. Um, so I was asked to, because as a sales leader, I was always quite a bit focused on processes and data and setting up reports and dashboards and oh, I I always work with that. Um, so I I was asked if I could do the same type of process creation, but for renewals process uh, of the organization. So that's when I moved into sales operations, uh, set up uh, a process for our uh, renewal team, started a customer success team within the organization, and then eventually took over the leadership of that customer success slash account management. That's another sort of conversation to be had if it's account manager or customer success, but um, that's essentially where the, the, the transfer came, but always sort of bringing it back to the customer, always bringing it back to the challenges, always bringing it back to the sales process. So, that part, that decision that I made a while back has always been there in, in the various roles afterwards um, and is still the same uh, today. Well, it's a, bit of a long, long story. But...
1: <laughs> no, no, first thing I want to say is your description of sales I thought was really, really good. Um, really ethical and it kind of made me want to be in sales more Um, it's like the consultative approach of understanding and then either saying no we'll speak later or saying yes based on what I have in my bag I really like that Um, then I I just want to jump onto a point that you you mentioned briefly about the difference between uh, customer success or account management how do you guys deal with that at the moment is that as soon as someone buys are they then over to customer success and the salesperson or the account manager? Like, What is their role in that process after the sale?
0: Um, So at the moment, I've seen different variants of depending on the organization, depending on the size of the organization, depending on the complexity of the product that you sell. Uh, at Tacton, we have uh, when a new customer signs on, then we would hand over the relationship over to the uh, customer success manager. So we do have a customer success manager that is responsible um, for the customer once they have signed. The account manager is still involved. Uh, obviously, uh, I think there's, you know, there's there's always as an account manager, you never really entirely and it also depends on the size of the organization right so we're about 150 or so it's not you cannot just hand over and and the other department sits in another floor or something of that sort we're small enough that Everyone still really needs to be involved uh, in, in the organization, but the primary responsibility is on, on the customer success manager to make sure that they get uh, onboarded properly if there are any escalations or any issues that they need to resolve, then, then they have a, a primary go-to person uh, in, in the organization. then everybody helps out, right? Uh, it's, it's, if, if, if it's needed. So uh, but again, depending on the size of the organization,
1: And does your remit as head of sales ops extend over the customer success lifecycle?
0: Not. uh, I am aware and I I have an involvement there. Um, But my primary focus is the, the sales process. But because the way that I see it, it's a fairly small team that I work with. Um, and customers, a lot of, or how should I say a lot of departments in the organization, they use Salesforce as the CRM platform, right? So you have customer success that works with Salesforce, you have support that works with Salesforce, sales that works with Salesforce, marketing that works with Salesforce. And having the uh, responsibility for the CRM ecosystem, you kind of have to be involved with the, every department that is involved in that ecosystem. Um, So indirectly, yes, uh, and also trying to facilitate the onboarding, for example, that when we do get a new customer, that there is automation around letting the CSM team or the the VP of sales uh, of the CSM know that, hey, we have a new customer and we have a process for that. But yeah, yes and no, uh, but more yes than no.
1: Yeah. awesome. Just for the benefit of the audience, roughly how many reps do you have in the team and also how many people in the sales ops function?
0: In the sales ops function, at the moment, we are including myself three uh, with an open headcount and supporting a sales organization of about, I think it's 15 uh, sales executives. Um, in two regions, so we have uh, an office in North America, and we have an office uh, here in Stockholm, head office, with a team spread out across
1: across Europe. Got it. I actually just for this question want to go back to a previous role at Clio. You mentioned that you transformed the way the Swedish sales team thinks and works. Could you share a little bit more about uh, what 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 you transformed there?
0: Yeah, essentially that statement that is on. Uh, I think it's a reference that, that wrote that uh, about me. Uh, I was there. I had the capacity both of sales office, but I also had the head of sales hat on uh, for for the Swedish team. Uh, and when I came in there, it was a very much. Uh, I, I did the rounds and sort of interviewed all the account executives to understand how they they worked, and they all had a very similar approach of working. It was, I come in in the morning. I have a list of new leads that that came in uh, and I go through that list. I have a list of tasks and I go through that list of tasks um, and it was very much of a uh, here's the service. it's also a software as a service that, uh, uh, service that we represented uh, and it was the demos were very much focused on Here's how you do this: click, 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 click. To this more consultative approach, uh, where you come in, why are you looking at the in this case it was a digital learning material to try and understand, you know, that there's a genuine interest. I would come into meetings and/or ask the salespeople why are they looking at us right now? Um, and get these salespeople to start asking those questions the why questions the how questions the when questions so that not only can you qualify in qualify out but also get an understanding of where am i going to put this opportunity in my forecast uh hence the 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 when question and and who's involved in the decision-making process so though i would say that that's the approach that i brought to to the organization rather than uh, go through a list go through a, a standard script for the demo to make it more interactive, adjust your demo to the why that the, the prospect has uh, has given to you when you, uh, when you had a conversation with them, a genuine conversation at the, the beginning. And I think it comes back to your ethical point there. As a salesperson, you have to be interested in why somebody reaching out to us uh, and understand that not only to understand where am I going to spend my time, but also to understand how, if I'm going to spend my time, how am I gonna, uh, how am I gonna help this person understand that what I have is actually pretty good, and and it could do the trick for you uh, if you just give me the chance.
1: And the noble pursuit of sales, and I totally agree. And I love that 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 answer came back to the first point about your actual history and experience with sales. And I assume that's also why you must have come in and saw that actually, no, this is a Better way to sell, and then you shared that that wisdom of the team. Coming back but, forward to, to, I'm just
0: saying. Otherwise, so, you're just pushing information down people's throats, and that's not a good type of salesperson. And, well, it's a different style of salesperson, and it works in certain industries, but it doesn't work when you're trying to sell a solution.
1: Totally agree. Final question for me here: What is a big focus for the sales ops team at Tacton for the rest of 2021?
0: One of the key things that we're going to work on is really. Uh, improve our how we work with renewals uh, within the organization uh, to ensure that um, the date that, that we work with sticks up to the has a high level of, of reliability, so that we can start gaining more insight into our customers uh, and also sort of make sure that we're on top of our of our upcoming renewals and. and I would say that that's a big ticket for uh, for for Q2 and Q3. Then we have some integration projects as well that that we're
2: running.
1: Amazing. Sounds like a busy, busy year. Alex,
2: over to you. Thanks, Tom. And thanks, Gabriel. It was really um, helpful, really interesting just listening through um, and hearing what you had to say. A couple of big areas I suppose I wanted to focus on more, just really drill down from what, what you and Tom were talking about, but... Um, the first was, I guess, that consultative approach, or I'd say, sort of the the need slash pain, um, you know, approach, look, focusing on what the customer actually needs or needs to stop having in terms of the pain to to really help sell the solution. Um, and you just, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense when you said you need know, you need to sell a, a solution, not just um, you know maybe a, a product or a um, or something smaller and easier. But I was also wondering how. If you had any reflections on how that has set you up for a a career in in operations, and whether whether the sort of the modern sales professional who is not trying to sell ice to Eskimos, but you know sell ice to Saharans, so to speak, is now better suited to starting to move into this operational world as well. So, I mean, how 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 impactful on your journey was it? Do you think that, that you you've always had this this consultative approach to sales? Um, And how has that affected your ability to then, you know, to to deliver in a a sales operations world? Uh, Cool. Yeah, okay. Um,
0: So I take, how impactful has it been? I think it's been very impactful. I was doing it even when I hadn't had any sort of, Training in sales per se, where before my time at in the first task company, where we worked with Salesforce, where we had you know forecasting, where uh, I, I was doing it, and, and I think that's what some of the the people, uh, some of my customers, when I heard you know why they wanted to work with me, so they felt a certain that there was a confidence there that I they trusted that their project would be in good hands and that ultimately they would look good because they made the right choice. Uh, bring that into the, the software as the a service with more sort of these, these types of frameworks. So I, I remember being introduced to the, the band uh, criteria for for forecasting and the budget, the authority the need. and it comes back to the need right asking those questions and getting an understanding and relating it to your product. Um, so it's I think it's been fairly uh, useful and I take it, I take that mindset. I like it, right? I, As I said, I like to solve people's challenges. I'm good with processes and I'm good with data. And I like to work with those things. Take that approach into sales operations where you become essentially a support organization within the business instead of going out and solving uh, customers' uh, challenges or, or, or needs. You're doing that internally. So when you sit down with various stakeholders in the organization is to understand what are the the challenges that this organization or that this person uh, is facing? Asking the questions that need to be asked, and then okay, now I can help you, uh, and this is the way that uh, I can help you. So I think I take it across
2: uh, internally as well with with my internal customers. Brilliant, thanks. And I was just pleased, I was wondering because if if that's then the approach that the, also you're promoting, and and it seems you know from my experience that this is. You know the increasing realization that the salespeople are no, you know, it's only an assassin no longer have, supposed to be pushy, you know, trying to just always sell as much as possible, but rather, as you said, consultants who are there to help help understand if there's something to do, and if and if there's no no fit now, it's like oh, we're going to keep in touch if we can help in the future. And I was just wondering how because because of your your journey and the way you described it, I could just really see how that overlaid into into sales operations, and obviously that was crucial for you. And I just wondered how maybe that does that mean more um, more of today's sales reps are more, more suited to, to either work in the in the operational side or or indeed to ah. take to take support from operations even further than, than they would before because it becomes such a key skill if they can help
0: from an operational side, so i think yes yeah, so, uh, it depends on on the task at hand uh, and the way that i see it again um when I look back at the, the mission, one of the mission statements for, for my team now that, that we've recently def- defined, so recently joined Tactum here, uh, and it was, and, but this is the mindset that I have, is always trying to help sales close more. Um, so you don't want them to be too operational, uh, and I, I think I had a quote from Uh, Mike Weinberg, uh, Sales Simplified and Sales Management Simplified, where he talks about uh, the, again, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I just thought it was interesting. The role of the salesperson is not to get too much into the operational side of things. Actually, the role of the salesperson is to sort of bury a, bury the operations team with a lot of work, and that happens when you have a lot of customized offers and so on and so forth. So, if they have an understanding of it and understanding of the process is fine, but they shouldn't be focusing on solving things from an operational point of view. Tell us what you want, and then we'll get get the get the get the contract signed. We'll figure out how to solve the operational side of things afterwards because you're involved from the deal to through to the invoicing and the renewals. That, that's our that's our job. That's why we're there. Uh, so uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, that that's yeah. how I that's how I interpret the question.
2: Yeah. No. 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 Thanks. Um. I think it. It was certainly enlightening. I think there was a you took a different approach very well. And I was thinking for that, that was really more more useful. And so very yeah, very interesting as well. And a really good reminder to see, even though and particularly suppose, if people are prone to sort of thinking through, you know, solving these problems um, as, as their consultative approach, you, you want to say, no, go solve your customers' problems, let us solve our internal problems, because that's our role. We want you as much time with the prospect. Um, Yeah. And and they use us, you know,
0: use us as a resource when we're talking about deals, because that way we can get, what are you trying to do with this deal? Okay, fine. Then, you know, write that special term this way or do this that way. Um, When we're working with forecasts, you know, here's what you need to update because the VPs of sales are looking at it this way. So uh, can I help you and so on and so forth.
2: Um, Yeah. No, Thanks. And then the other piece I just wanted to sort of touch on was a bit about um, the sort of the I think the thing that noticed was particularly interesting is you said, you know, you're essentially your department are the, the owners of Salesforce. And as everyone in, you know, everyone in the, the sort of the go-to-market side is touching Salesforce and and is routing their data through it, that means even though your your sales operations, you're effectively, you know, revenue operations to an extent because, you know, you, you have to have it. And that was just a really interesting um insights and I and I wondered therefore, you know, as then the, the guardian of Salesforce, how 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 has that, you know, how have teams sort of interacted with you and how has that helped, you know, ensure that you're not being too siloed as, as departments, despite the fact that you're not got that sort of set up across teams?
0: How how do the how do the teams I mean we we have a regular uh, again uh, if I interpret the question, we have regular sort of stakeholder sessions. Uh where we go through um, the list of the, the requirements it also helps us you know your the question that, that you had tom what is the focus for h2 that's because we've understood speaking to the rest of the, the the renewals element of side is is part partially sales has has a vested interest in that but so does the the csm team in particular have a vested interest in that so it's by talking with the various on a, on a regular, whether it be weekly. I have some meetings that are more on a weekly basis and some that we'll, we'll be introducing on a more monthly round the table, sort of this is what we have on our board, uh, which ones are the key priorities, what's a burning issue, how big of a piece of, of effort is it, and then uh, prioritize those pieces of work. Um, a bit like a, it's a CRM roadmap uh, with various um, departments involved. And and yes, it is, it is sales ops. And that's where a lot of my focus is spent on. But I have we have a Salesforce, dedicated Salesforce admin. And you know, he's more the Rev ops across the organization where I have some insights into into uh, uh,
2: what else is happening within the organization. What are the needs there? Yeah. So that's helpful so then um, because he he's the sort of the owner, he he can see if you know if CS is requesting something, it's like, oh, that's very similar to something we we're already doing with sales. Why don't we see if we can align that to make it a smoother process? You can have that kind of nice feedback system through.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then my my level of involvement when working with the various sort of projects will be higher or lower, depending on whether it's a more of a sales related uh Task or not, but I think it's interesting with the revenue ops and sales ops. It's difficult to, especially when you have a small organization within a small organization, to really justify uh, that you have a rev ops only person, or whether you would have a more across the board person and label it as sales ops,
2: or, or instead of rev ops. I think it's. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. I think. Tom, it's probably time for you to come back and ask the one question that you you forgot to finish with.
1: Alex, that's so true. How could I possibly forget? (laughs) Um, Gabriel, who in the world of sales ops would you most like to take for lunch?
0: That's a good question, uh, Tom. And uh, I have reflected a bit on it. Uh, I'll give you the who and then I'll give you the why uh, as well. If That's okay. Uh, Who is uh, Martin Hansen? Uh, and he is uh, head of sales op at Clio. So he took over from uh, my position a few months back. Uh, He has background, I think he was about 12 years or so from Microsoft. And the reason I would like to sit down and and have a chat with him over lunch is really to understand where has he taken things from sort of where I left off. Because every time you come into sales ops, you inherit uh, a setup or a way of working from a previous leadership or a previous sales operations person. Some stuff you keep, some stuff you tweak, some stuff you stop doing, uh, start, stop, continue. And I'd like to understand what was the start, stop, continue uh, on 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 the that he's put in place at uh, at Clio.
1: That's a really, really good answer. I love. Uh, the openness to understanding what he what Martin may have loved or may not have loved uh, with the sales function. So I think that's a really, really awesome answer. Um maybe we'll try and get Martin on not to talk about um, the sales <laughs> <of> function <laughs> that's yeah. for the not lunch. Talk about that's for lunch.
0: No, I understand. <laughs>
1: it's for the lunch. It's not for the podcast, of course. Um amazing. Gabriel, I want to thank you for coming on. I think the the core thing, and it is quite simple. I think it's in the book um the sales book that I can't quite remember now. But it's about like this healthy approach to sales that obviously you learn and you implement it, but then you clearly encourage um, with all of your reps. And I think that's the one thing that I think the audience should take away here is really taking the view of helping the customer and then directing them on to a different way if you, if you can't solve their problem. But then of course, if you keep doing that, ultimately you'll build trust and maybe you will sell them something in the future. And that's what I really liked about this discussion. So thank you for coming on
0: it's been my pleasure thank you Tom and Alex
1: thank you for listening to this episode of RevOps Demystified if you're listening on a podcast listening application please follow rate and review the show and if you have any questions about the show can recommend a guest or just want to learn more about RevOps or Epster hit us up podcast at abster.com